Remember that uh, old Simpsons joke where where they go, Grandpa, didn't you wonder why you're getting a check every month? And he and he just goes, I thought it was because the Democrats were back in power. <laughs> I didn't earn it. I don't deserve it. But I'm going to raise hell if they try to take it away from me. <laughs> <laughs> One of the best lines of all time. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 223 of Catching Foxes. This is the greatest Christmas episode you will ever hear. Yes, we talk a lot about The Mandalorian and Gomer shames Luke because it's a stupid, stupid show that he loves obsessively and incorrectly. However, however, this is also the last show that uh, Catching Foxes will ever do. You'll hear it at the very end as to why you have to stay and listen all the way to the end. Um, And we want to thank our friends over at Daily Catholic Wisdom. You'll hear about them some more later. Enjoy the last show, y'all. So I'm watching the only science fiction fiction show that is worth watching. Unlike The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. Can we talk about this? You are so wrong. You have never been more. I I mean, you've been pretty wrong before. I hate. I have watched every episode pretty much the day, like as soon as they come out of The Mandalorian. I was okay, super I'm not excited. Cut off. Do not spoil anything. I for was me. super excited about it. And then I watched the first episode and I was like, did I just watch one of the crappy cartoons of Star Wars? No, no, no. Yeah. There are no crappy cartoons. First of all, the cartoons were good. Second, uh, I mean, I've only watched like five episodes of each, but yeah, I've um, seen all of the Clone Wars and almost all of Rebels. I, I that- love the Star Wars Kool Aid. I drink it. I splishy splashy in it, and it's just not—they're not interesting storylines. No, here, no. Here's the thing. That's your problem. It's. It's not you expect it's not, interesting things instead of nostalgia no, service. No, it's no, <laughs> no, it's not what it is. It's a different kind of TV show that they do not make anymore. It's an adventure of the week, and I don't think they did a good job preparing people for that. I think they wanted to have the element of surprise. And I'm not saying it's backfiring. It's huge. Everyone's in love with, uh, as the podcast, as the binge mode podcast re- refers to it, LBY. So darn cute. Can't can't contain myself. Uh, this house respects and appreciates LBY. My point, though, is and LBJ, coincidentally, <laughs> yeah, true. Not just Rushly, space uh, baby, very Yoda. underrated. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, okay, so the the episode again. I do not. I don't want to talk about specific, specifics because I'm behind because apparently my pregnant wife doesn't want to watch it. <laughs> because she has a good taste. <laughs> and she refuses to watch anything on Disney Plus for, right now. Why? That's such a random I thing know. to refuse. I just, I'm just, listen, I just do the dishes, <laughs> take out the trash, take care of the dogs. Fair enough. Uh, clean up the apartment. Luke, no, she's she's doing a lot of stuff as well. Let's the, go the back to the, the Mandalorian. House. Let's go back to the man. Ooh. I don't give like I'm fine with it being an adventure of the week. That's what the cartoons are. That's what the the, the animated shows are. That's what they all are. Here's the thing. Here's the thing with a very vague thread that connects beginning to end, and you know you'll go through the you know you get a hint of the Mandalorian religion and the. The group of people yeah, and it's what's like going they're on. like Star Trek episodes. They're like yeah. really fun Star Trek episode in in Star Wars, and minus the fun. really fun part. No, it's very it's enjoyable. Yeah. Not not even a little bit. You're telling me that when LBY was having to be pulled away from that one group on that one planet, you need to get choked up with the kids. The, uh, choked up, not even a little bit. The you, best episode, not choked up, but I mean. The best episode was when... Do not give me specifics. No, no, no. It was like episode two or three. It, I guess it was episode three because episode one, he discovers the child. Two mm-hmm. is the child where, <laughs> where he's... And then he discovers his ship is completely taken apart by the little Tink Tinks. Crazy Jawas. <laughs> and what does he have <laughs> to do? He's got to wrestle a dinosaur. And, and in order to give him, and like, it was so stupid. <laughs> well, look at here. Yeah. It was so stupid. That whole episode. I remember I was listening to a review of a guy who's like, couldn't be more excited. And he's like, this was kind of like, like a bonus level in a video game that actually makes no point just to take up runtime. Like, that episode... 
was whatever. So I'm stupid. enjoying it. So then, you are so, so then wrong. they rebuild his ship in like an hour by him alone. Him and that uh, that one. No, guy. it's him and that one guy. That guy him and Nick saying? Nolte in puppet form. <laughs> exactly. What does that guy keep saying? I have uh, spoken. I have spoken. I have, well, spoken. I have spoken. And then he rides away. Here's some exposition to explain what's kind of going on. I have spoken. I have spoken. Oh, wait. I'm back. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was waiting over here for you to get everything done. But then he does. Funny story. <laughs> Did, do you know uh, what's his name? Otto or something? He was in something a while ago. He was a very racist stereotype. I'm not as bad of a stereotype as a deli person that Luke thinks is on every corner of New York City. <laughs> Are you talking about in the the prequels? Yeah, with the little uh, clearly Jewish uh, Shylock that was very uncomfortable. That they tried to turn in like Italian in uh, Attack of the Clones. He was like <laughs> the cloners guy. Oh, they're cloners. No, 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 not no, the no, diner no. guy. No, 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 no. About? So this is the guy. This is I can't remember his name. It's like Otto or something. The guy who owned Anakin. Oh yeah. It's like clearly he's. It's just. It's like a. I mean, basically anti-Semitic. Yeah. I just think. I think George Lucas. He exists in, like, such a bubble that he hasn't really um, lived in reality since, let's go, oh, 1977. <laughs> since, you know, he made his first couple hundred million. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, well, I, that, that's the hard thing about doing aliens, right, is you look around the earth and you say. It's not hard to make them, like, not, like. No, 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 Ugh. but that's what they do is they, you look around the earth and if you're not all that creative, you go, oh, uh, you're Japanese people. Uh, you're the. You're the you're the people in the prequels who are gonna be the Feder- trade federation. Oh, oh no, the Jedi. Oh, yeah. Miss Osari Jedi. Maybe you should stop. <laughs> and then you have Watto. That's right, Watto. That's right, Watto. Watto. Oh, we still roll a dice. Eh? <laughs> Your mind tricks don't don't um, work on me. Only money. Look at my nose. <laughs> Weird, right? <laughs> Oh, I got you. Yeah, the whole thing is, like, he looks like a Jewish character from, like, the not-so-pleasant time back in Europe and the, (laughs) you know. He reminds you of a cartoon drawn by evil, evil men that were our ancestors. The Nazi (laughs) propaganda guy would have been a big fan of that character. Goes Holy crap, whatever you did is. the whole nose and everything. I know. Oh, my God. If you look at those characters, it, like, it... It's very uncomfortable. Like it is very Right, so that's what I'm saying is like you have you if you don't have creativity, you just look around Earth and you're like, yeah, yeah, but these people, you're fish monsters and uh you're Jews, you're like floating guys. Well, and here's, and, uh, the, here's the thing about George <laughs> Lucas that people tend to forget is that he so good art is the re, uh, good art can often be the result of excellent tension. Paul McCartney and John and like you know John Lennon's uh, competitive they 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 experience towards each other always trying to like one up um, those guys from MythBusters yeah yeah like <laughs> there's always this thing of like oh uh, there's and his intention was this guy named Gary Katz and his ex and his ex wife who was it was the editor of Star Wars yeah I think George his Lucas, last name is pronounced Busey Gary Busey <laughs> that's, that's why that's he was right. in that show do you remember the <laughs> <laughs> oh God! What was the name of that show? I think you're thinking Hanging of the with Gary Busey. Oh yeah! Gosh, what a crazy show! <laughs> oh man, the like late '90s, early aughts was a really fantastic time for just weird <laughs> television that people tried to make stick. Yeah. Okay. So the the best episode of The Mandalorian is now. Nah, I've I've uh, moved on to. Earth, I know you uh, have, 90s, but is that third or fourth <laughs> episode that you mentioned where he has to turn them in and the whole drama with the leftover of the Empire guys, uh, the <laughs> the the German guy that's actually in that scene. That's oh, you mean the great Mr. director Walter Herzog? Yeah. There you go. I forgot his name. Have you ever seen him in that John Cruise movie, um, director? Jack Reacher? You ever seen him where he's the villain? I don't think so. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. I love it. He's like, I want you. he has this guy cornered, and he has a gun on him. He goes, I will let you go if you bite off your finger. Not to, and the guy can't do it. He goes, I don't understand. You lose a finger. You keep your life. 
and then he shoots him and kills him. And he's like, in Germany, this is very common. <laughs> well, so he holds up his hand and he's missing multiple digits because he chewed him off in Soviet Russia or whatever. I don't know. But um, no, that was the, the, I, it, it's not irredeemable. There's certain aspects of the Mandalorian that are fine that I like, but there are certain things that I'm like, I feel like it is writing. It wants to be a fun. It oscillates between being this is the problem with Star Wars in general since the Ewoks. Doing a children's movie thing and appealing to adults who grew up with it. So it's like the adults who grew up with it want more. Some of us want gritty. Some of us want, you know, fun. You know, what was it? Not Buck Rogers. Was it Buck Rogers action adventure kind of Yeah, yeah, like a cowboy thing. Yeah, cowboys in space. But the Mm -hmm. idea was, right, so you have that kind of with The Mandalorian. It has an entire Western gunslinger theme. I think that was even one of the titles of the chapters, right? But then yeah, it yeah. just I just I just feel like like it is so painfully predictable and lack like the with the village. Yeah. The village. No, it's that, that is that, that is, is so like stupid. that is that is literally based off of a um, a Japanese movie. That doesn't make it Seven co- Samurai. No, no, but like it, here's the thing. It's Oh, shit. Sorry. Almost broke my computer. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Patreon.com slash CF. <laughs> Patreon.com slash CF. This is a wonderful time to talk about our five. I believe it's our $500 level, where if you give at um, a $500 <laughs> a month, you you are um, giving at the I love you more than Matt Frad level. And who doesn't? And if you do that, uh, when we're if you do that at least once, anytime we are in your area, we will do our best to try to grab lunch with you. <laughs> Anywho, back to the conversation here. Uh, it's what, boring. What now saying? let's talk about the expanse. The expanse is not the same genre of show. I understand that. Wait, what's and the expanse? The expanse is a. It is Game of Thrones in space. It is written by these two authors who were who were George R. R. Martin's. Like oh, it's a bu- writing. Is it a associates. show? Well, it was a it was a book series, and it's still they just came out with the last one. Um, and they're, so they're still actually unlike George R. R. Martin, they're still writing theirs. Um, but then the show was picked up by George USA. The show was picked up by USA, and then it it like extremely favorable reviews. But then um, Amazon bought it, and so Amazon just dropped the last season, which I think was season four. Uh, and me and my wife are literally 15 minutes from the end of the whole season. Um, but it is, it, there's, it's fascinating in, you know, the, the great things with the Game of Thrones, right? The political machinations behind the scenes, the conniving, the stealing, the, the playing people off of each other. You know, that is what makes this show so great. Like, what would it happen if we leapt to the stars? Well, we can't go to the stars. We can't go faster than light. So we've taken over the solar system, and Mars becomes its own thing, Earth is its own thing, and then the people who are born in space who can't survive on planets because their bodies can't handle the pressure of the gravity well, well, they're like the, the, the uh, what do you call it, third world country kind of thing that everyone picks on and picks over while the great powers are having their wars. And so it's a fascinating, the books are incredible. In terms of that type of stuff. But the storyline is so gripping. And the show does. And they put, put out like eight episodes a season, I think. Maybe ten. But they really, I mean, they really kill it. Like, they do a great job adapting book-to-television serial, you know, kind of thing. Episodic nice. content. Nice. Love it. Can't stop watching it. Can't stop, won't stop. Got to make the booty drop. I'm so... I'm- Oh sorry. Um, oh, sorry. Anyways, are we going to continue to argue about the Mandalorian? Because I'm going. Well, to I was going to pivot it into the new Star Wars movie. Have you seen any? Well, trailers? let me just before yes, we sir. go with uh, the with the Mandalorian. I think that uh, I had a conversation with a friend of the podcast about uh, the Irishman. Okay, and I and one of her objections to it was that it had no plot and that it was just kind of like a big that it was uh, just kind of like a big like um a uh big blob of a story if if you will yeah. and my response to that was well yeah that's kind of the point it's you know it is a contemplation of on um death and it kind of goes 
all all over the place because it's not trying to tell you this huge like linear. This, it's a you know, it's very like open ended and it you know kind of and I think that the Mandalorian and it's still anyways, it's just a different. I think people are now so um, used to plot heavy stories that there's this resistance to anything that isn't that, and I don't think that that's what the Mandalorian is. It's it's honestly just telling classic stories in a in a Star Wars format. But I think what people um will want is that I'm not saying that people want like the deta- like the plot details to to the level of Game of Thrones, but they want to try to a approach it with that or at least kind of have that ex that like expectation and it's not that so the thing when they're like in the forest with like the small like village and stuff that is i think it's um the seven samurai it's based off of that and it's just a retelling of that but in these but in the but in the star wars universe and it's just fun to see that it's not that detailed it doesn't make a whole lot of sense it's just cool to see and that's kind of the point and i think it's i don't know cool to see because it's a, it's just a fun story. Like people go to town to help save town and get to help save the town against bad guys. And it's just, and I think it's just, it's a very um, basic story. It's an, it really isn't that complex. There's a little bit of an emotional pull. It's not that. It's not. It's very much uh, in and out. It's just a really good cheeseburger and a milkshake. Sometimes you just want that, and it's very basic but very but good. But it's See, I not. Don't, I, don't, I don't find it good. Like I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it being that genre and approach. I'm just sitting here like, okay, now, like this is so predictable. Like it's so painful. It's so predictable. Like the moment he met Gina, whatever, in the in the bar, like you could just. I think she's sit, so pretty. You, <laughs> you could just sit there and write out. The, yeah, but like the whole the, rest of the story, yeah. word almost word for word, because the, it's and I based off of going, a movie. Like, I, and I remember like, sitting know, there going, "Oh, I can't wait for the oh, he finally found peace." But wait a second, there's this magical tracker on the baby. Where the hell's the tracker, Luke? Is it in the baby? Can the Mandalorian that's not that's, remove that's, the tracker? That's part of the mystery. But I'll just say, I, I don't think. See, I think what you want is um season two game of like. Game no, of Thrones or the I end of season you, one. I don't give a shit about that. I'm no, but I the think storylines are boring Be, because. But you've gotten so used to these to these complex storylines. The cartoons are not complex storylines, and I've watched every one of them. <laughs> like I'm used to this in the Star Wars universe. I'm telling you, Star Wars Rebels is a far more entertaining show, even though they do the exact same thing over and over and over again. Hey, here's a thing that'll last for twenty one minutes. Hey, here's the thing that'll last for 21 minutes. And I watch it and I go, ah, oh, that was a nice cheeseburger and milkshake. Well, time to go on a diet of the YouTube woodworking videos, right? So, like, <laughs> quiet, children. Fine with the genre. I just don't, I don't think they're, they're executing well. The visuals are pretty. Uh, the, their jokes are terrible. I don't think I've laughed once. You even respect. though they try. Uh, maybe Yoda's the only uh, thing LBY. worth the whole thing, and how cool the armor looks. So precious. <laughs> I can't get over it. Hello, my friends. It is Luke, and I'm here to talk to you today about daily Catholic wisdom. Go to catholicwisdom.org slash catchingfoxes and subscribe for short daily reflections from big, holy Catholic brains. Literary giants, beloved saints, and relevant voices from today share faith stuff you'll love. You can reflect on the quote that you get from the people over at Daily Catholic Wisdom. Here are like two sample quotes. In prayer, do not do all the talking. If you went to a doctor's office, you would not rattle off the symptoms and then rush out. You learn to speak by um, by listening, did you not? So you're not constantly to be yapping in prayer. Sacred scripture says, speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. That's from Unvenerable, not a saint yet, Fulton Sheen. And here is another one from my boy, St. John Paul II. 
St. Pope John Paul II, that is. We must never forget that only when love between human beings is put to the test can its true value be seen. Oh, that is good. Plus, over at Daily Catholic Wisdom, you'll get exclusive discounts on popular Catholic books, talks, video content, and more. When you subscribe, you get the free of the digital access to Knowing the Love of God by Father... Oh, crap. I'm going to do my best to pronounce this. By Father Reginald... Garigal Larange. Uh, I tried. Father Reginald Garigou Lagrange. Uh, so to get some of these awesome quotes, head over to catholicwisdom.org slash catching foxes. Again, that is catholicwisdom.org slash catching all the foxes. Thank you to Daily Catholic Wisdom for sponsoring today's episode of Catching Foxes. Yeah, we were going to talk about some freaking Mandalorian, and then I was going <laughs> to pivot and ask you a question. All right. How were you preparing your heart for the rise of Skywalker? Uh, well, Gilmer, I'm a big dumb idiot. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Because the last I heard, you were stepping away from social media so that you wouldn't have any spoilers with the trailer. Yeah. I, well, Did you I see the trailer no, no. with the with the yeah, TIE fighter I, and she jumped I, over? And, okay. I've seen the trailers and stuff. It was more I just didn't want to know anything about it. I just wanted to go in. I didn't want to know what people thought. I didn't want to know... And I, yeah, I'm I just wanted—I wa- yeah. wanted to just kind of back off a little bit. And so, back in the day, uh, back in the uh, let's go like 2010 to 2013 or so, I used to go to IO9 a lot to oh, get right, all right, the right. info on the on the MCU. So, do you ever just open up certain websites and your fingers just type? Like, sorry, not not websites. Like, do you ever like open up certain web browsers and your fingers just type in an address? Like, you don't even think about it. You just go, bop, 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 because you're yeah. just so, from yeah. here to time, like, you did that, you just have this really, like, muscle memory. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Like, what sites are that Then for I joined you? Exodus 90. I went to Confession for that. Now I'm a lot better. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, clearing internet history button. Um, what's websites like that? Daring Fireball is like that for me. I go there almost every day, even Which though did- it's a Mac commentary Apple commentary ah, website. It's all it like it's so annoying because the guy makes like tons of money and he does like one article every three days and I'm like, why do I come here? But I always go there. <laughs> um, Google Gmail. I mean, like it's like the first thing yeah. I do. I just yeah. so it's weird. I think when I have because when I open up my email now, I it just automatically pops up to Google. Like, oh, sorry, on to Gmail. I have it as one of as one of the tabs that just that just pop up. So then I do the old control T and I for some reason my fingers go I O nine and it pops up and I just hit enter and I see right there the headline for their Star Wars review. And then in that in that in my head I went, No and uh was very upset because the whole thing I didn't want to see that. I didn't want to see oh, what people no. thought. I, I just wanted to go into it with my very, 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 cannot stress to you, very low expectations. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't get much lower than Snoke dying and men dancing in red suits <laughs> in the background waiting to get chopped up into pieces. It looked cool. Um, it did, especially when the fire started. I love the red. The red in them. I just like that they made red a Star Wars color. It was, uh, yeah. <sighs> Anywho, sorry. Um, Instead of gray I'm, on gray. <laughs> yeah, I'm just. I'm be like I, I, now. I'm. I'm gonna go see it when my mom gets in town this weekend. We'll go some point in time. I. I just, man. I don't know. I so, feel so like, stop right there. I have yeah. not been spoiled. Uh, I have been so disconnected lately that I didn't even realize Trump was voted articles of impeachment. So that's how disconnected I've been. When I got home from work, I mean, I didn't look at anything. And my wife, I, 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 was, I was pooping. Luke, I was taking a damn minute for myself to read some sci-fi while I was pooping. And my wife sent me a text, and the text said, First same-sex kiss in the new Star Wars movie. <laughs> yeah. And I was like... Damn it. So I didn't read the article, but I went downstairs and I said, you are the most beautiful woman who's ever lived. But if you do this again, I'm getting a hotel. (laughs) And I'm blocking your number until I see the movie. (laughs) I don't know. See, this is like, you know what? I'm not looking forward to this movie. I'm looking forward to the closure that comes with this movie. 
because it's almost yeah. it's almost like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, I will probably see the movies that come out, but I don't care about them like I cared about uh, Infinity War and Endgame and all those movies. Like though that like that was like okay, this ended well. Great series, great run. High five, gentlemen, ladies. Close the chapter. I can, you know, I'll see it if I want to, but, like, I'm good. And with this Star Wars, the fact that the big plan was three prequels and then three sequels, I'm like, okay, this is done. The, Star- uh, the, the Skywalker saga is over. I'm going to moonwalk out of this theater. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy killed my dreams. George Lucas uh, did as well. And, <laughs> and uh, then did some other stuff with it. It's so many things. Hey, I know. The I'll, I'll film everything in 1080p so that the graphics look as good as a PS2 cutscene in a video game. <laughs> you know what Return of the Jedi needs? A shitty, shitty song right here. <laughs> yeah. And let's get rid of Yub Nub. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Yeah. And you know what's really great? Adding so many CGI alien dinosaur-esque creatures <laughs> uh, that literally it walks in the frame and blocks the main characters. Do you know who people hated? Uh, Jar Jar Binks. Let's add a sound of someone of his race going, we free at the end of Return of the Jedi. They'll love that. No. Yeah, you can hear you hear a uh, person go, we free like that, and I no. die inside. I honestly, like, I know. But it's the worst, the worst change to me, the absolute worst change is the Return of the Jedi, that song. Because the, yeah. the, oh, yeah. the alien the, looks yeah. like a flipping cartoon. Oh, yeah, it's horrific. It's, oh. Anywho, sorry, you were saying. So I am as pure as the driven snow. I'm not going to work on Friday, so I think I'm going to go to, like, an early morning showing. Cool. Just so I can say, you know what? It's done. I did it. It's done. Yeah. And my yeah. kid has, my kid has uh, counseling at noon, so I have to have that. Early. It's a two-hour and 20-minute show, so I have to be home before my wife has to leave. So I think I might actually do the 8 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> well, I took hey, off work today, so I can wake up just as early as I do for work. That sounds wonderful. Honestly, going to a movie that early, just starting off your day. Like, I love going because to early it's morning movies. Ooh. I do too. And it's IMAX in laser. I don't know what that means. Can you get mimosas? <laughs> no. I, I do feel, okay, so today's been a gluttonous day. Let me tell you why. At the old Glen Mary's, the old Glen Mary headquarters, beautiful. It's been a, our, our, our campus has looked beautiful this week with all of they have like a lot of like woods and stuff because we're on this hill and it's been beautiful with all of the blue skies and all of the snow and the sunshine and whatnot even though i hate the cold and i'm dead inside uh we've been getting because you know so we're uh we have a small staff compared to other groups and uh, but we have a, we have a lot of vendors because we do a lot of a ton of different things and we are just getting all of these cakes the printer brought a cake. Our investment company brought a cake. Uh, one of there's this one um, deacon who loves us. He brought a cake. Uh, <laughs> uh, we've got these great brown like these great like muffin like everyone's bringing us cakes, and like we can't eat all of it. <laughs> and so I had like four pieces of cake today because I have no self control, and I even did intermittent fasting th- this this morning. <laughs> Yeah, but it was just and so uh, yeah. I mean, we're we're freezing cakes. We're trying to do our best to handle all of these cakes. <laughs> Anywho, um, I was like, oh gosh, this just feels wrong. Like I'm like, okay, I had one cake too many, and uh, I was like, and I then you had two how- more. <laughs> <laughs> like you know when you're like, oh, that's why gluttony is a sin. Oh, this isn't a good place to be. My body feels weird. I have the diabetes now. Uh, <laughs> I'm falling asleep in the middle of a meeting. Yeah. What um? Right. What I'm sorry. Give me a coke. That's will help this. <laughs> uh, I'm like it's right. Like so, I'm realizing the importance of abstaining from like stuff. Yeah, and I'm honestly think we're at a point where 
I, at the very least, I'm going to, and who knows, perhaps having a kid will ch- change this. Well, I'm going to need to abstain from like the big tentpole movies because it just sucks the joy out of it. What what sucks the joy? Eating the cake beforehand? I think too, no, I think too much like, <laughs> it's just like all of this, all of, you've got your Marvels, you've got your Mandalorians, yeah. you've got your all this stuff, all these podcasts, all these articles and stuff. And I'm really enjoying these podcasts that I listen to on yeah. uh, on the Ringer's binge yeah. mode. They're fantastic, but it it feels like it's getting to be too much. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Right there and with I, you, bro. You know, I um, stopped listening to like all of my soccer podcasts for the past um, month because I just really uh, I just I need a break. And I think I'm going to just try to do a thing where I'm really going to try to limit how much – I just want to try – I want to try to find a way to go, okay, this is the right amount of entertainment for me to partake in. And by by that I mean uh, sports and dumb movies. Okay. Would you classify The Irishman as a dumb movie? No. No. Would you classify that as an important movie? Yes. Okay. Yes. I think that's engaging – the frontal think, lobe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You really got to think about what's what it's because it's. I could go on about this, but the film really works at about three different levels at least, and so it's so, very interesting to approach it from each one of those levels. What do you think about Six Under? Have you heard of that? The new uh, Michael Bay movie that's. <laughs> I on love Netflix. the clip that you sent me because I love Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is so funny. He literally filmed that. <laughs> he is so funny. I'll put it in the show notes, but. Um, yeah, they, Ryan Reynolds, they were talking about it on Jimmy Fallon, and, and he was like, yeah, you know, it's the Michael bay movie you can find right now. It's very Michael Bay. It's, I heard a person uh, criticizing his films where they're like, all you do is make films with, like, uh, stuff with, like, stuff that, like, blows up and and attractive women. And he just goes, well, I do make films for a 14-year-old boy, so yes. Yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Someone, uh, I can't remember if it was The Onion or or some other thing, but they talked about how Michael Bay is probably the most cinematic genius person that we have alive today. And all of his movies are a mockery of American gluttony. (laughs) Right? So it's like, (laughs) he's like, oh, you like explosions? Do you like robots? How about exploding robots literally every five seconds? But we're going to have the American flag flowing in the background and American <laughs> soldiers shooting up aliens. You know, like it's all the Michael Bayness, right? With explosions. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have a razor-thin plot and hot chicks. And uh, and all the dudes will be quirky and funny. And uh, just like all the people who watch the show. They're all, they're all uh, Shia LaBeoufs in Transformers 1. But, you- um, but they, the whole point of the article was it's a joke that Michael Bay is pulling over american society like you give me money you fat pigs this is all you are i'm a giant mirror uh turns out what, you, what from your entertainment now <sighs> hmm. that is a really good question luke because i would say that i like i and maybe this is why i don't like the mandalorian as much as i thought i would it just it it doesn't maybe five years ago it would have done it for me, but it doesn't do it for me anymore. And um, like uh, the opposite kind of thing, like The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead doesn't do it for me anymore. A lot of the movies that I thought I would jump to, um, I don't know. They're not. They're not. I don't. I, I'm not being attracted to them. And so, like when I saw the preview for 1917, have you seen that movie trailer? Um. Yes. Yep. It's the World War One film, right? Yeah. Have you seen like any of the behind the scenes? No. No. I don't really watch any any of that stuff anymore. So that came up on um, as as it's kind of like a marketing trailer for the movie where they show you some of the behind the scenes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it's all it came up on YouTube as a commercial, and it is. And I played the two and a half minutes of it or three minutes of it. Like it's all one continuous shot. So they spend hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours rehearsing. Oh, they have to rehearse it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they do it. The explosions, the people, the violence, the gunshots. It's all one shot as they film from start to end. 
and the whole scene is done as as one shot. And I'm like, this is incredible. And they have them like the camera's on a huge crane, and the crane holds these two hooks, and the two hooks uh, have these has a bar, and on top of the bar, the camera's attached. And so as the crane gets to the end of its sweeping scene the cameramen are running underneath it and then the crane stops and they grab the bar and lift it up off the hooks and then they keep running with the camera. I mean, it is insane how they filmed this stuff, but um, I, I can't like that movie seems like, like I, I feel like I would camp out for something like that. Like that seems meaningful in a way that a lot of movies can't be. Yeah. I, um, I, I don't know what I want anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like I heard a song the other day. Okay, I'll be very honest. This was gut-wrenching for me. And by the other day, I mean this morning because I'm old. And so this morning feels like 30 years ago. <laughs> um, Time keeps on slipping and slipping. slipping. <laughs> take, take my pain away, Seal. Um, uh, I heard Daylight by Brave St. Saturn. And typically that's a song that will always just hit us right in the feels. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I just wasn't feeling it. It just was like, ah. And I, I think it's a good song. And then I was like, is this is this how I seem to other people? It, it just felt very emotional and dramatic for 7.30 in the morning. <laughs> is this how <laughs> I seem to other people? The answer is yes. <laughs> and I was just like, what? Now, that has never happened. You know, and it's I've started to notice it with certain things. Because I, ha- I have as a playlist called uh, You Choo Choo Choose Me, which is all my favorite songs. <laughs> a, so <laughs> I can hear Ralph Wiggum's voice. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so I've been building it since I got Spotify back in 2011. It's almost a thousand songs. And these are like my favorite songs ever. So anything that I'm like, I like this song. Uh, I want to hear this song from, like, I want to always be able to um, hear this song. It goes into this playlist. And that's cool. I like that. Yeah, yeah. It's a good way to manage your music. It's been my go-to. No, I have tons of other ones, but, like, this is just my, uh, hey, here's, like, Luke, what are your greatest hits? It's that. So it's everything from songs that I loved in high school to an adult. It's all over the map. Like, it's mostly Christian rock. But, uh and songs that uh, that if you were a um, lesbian back in 1998, he would like. But it's uh, – <laughs> or a 14-year-old girl in 2008. Um, Why not both? Turns out, same person. <laughs> <laughs> but it's I, – I was like, man, I just – I kind of like – I think I'm just tired of it. And I don't know if it's, I have access just to everything now or what, but I just want to be challenged more, I think, when I'm listening to – to stuff and i'm just it's 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 not that like i just everything just kind of like feels like garbage now you know and i um i don't know if i'm just consuming too much and my body and like my soul are like okay enough your like, body's rejecting it like oh so many like, pixie sticks <laughs> yeah, or like we just, or slices of cake <laughs> Listen, Luke, we gave you the second slice. The third, the fourth, no. Now it's full reverse. You're going to feel like crap. You're going to be sweating even though you're cold. It doesn't matter. The body is rejecting it. If you listen to one more three-hour podcast that reviews a movie from the 80s, we're just going to lose our damn mind. (laughs) And you're going to just go through withdrawal or like a hangover to start puking. And calling people you shouldn't be calling, and all sorts of things will be going on. Well, no, I'm I'm like that too because you know it's this is the part of having instant access to everything you could possibly want. You know what, what's that phrase that we all used to say in like the late '90s, like a hundred channels on cable and nothing's good on, or like you know, yeah, yeah, that that notion that like even though now we have everything. Like, I just do these four things over and over and over again, and I'm fine. Like, I was on YouTube the other day, and I was like, I don't even know what to watch right now. Like, what do I watch? What do, what do I do? I woke up at the other day. Oh, my gosh. I just pulled a Luke. By the other day, I mean this morning. Wow. <laughs> Holy <laughs> right. crap. But it was right. at – it was at. I, I woke up at, like, 4.40 this morning, and I was like, yeah, I'll get up. And I went downstairs, and um, I'm taking the dog outside. It's freezing cold for the first time. It was 81 degrees two days ago. Now it's it was 30. Um, I don't know how to deal with that. So the dog's outside. My dog has a sweater. No judgment. 
Um, <laughs> I, by the way, I love your dog so much. <laughs> so much. His name is Buddy because I wouldn't let my wife name him Francisco. Um, <laughs> so dog's doing great. Turns out he shit all over downstairs. And I didn't know that. And then ran upstairs and woke up my wife. But uh, I'm doing <laughs> Whoopsie. So then I'm like, the kids aren't going to be up for like another hour and a half. I was like, I'm just going to sit down in the family room. I did my morning prayer. I'm going to sit down in the family and I'm going to watch some YouTube videos. And I scroll through all like the recommended and I'm like, yeah. Like I, I have been on a binge. This is also why I think like you have very justly a running joke with me about like what's the next new thing Gomer got religious about. But I think it's like what you just said. Like I would hyperindulge on fire podcasts and then be like, done, can't do it anymore. And it was just like, if I hear someone say the 4% rule of thumb, I'm going to lose my damn mind. And I just can't do it anymore. And then I listen to, um, you know, I'll listen to, I listen to a ton of nonfiction um, audiobooks. And, and I love them. And, and then I, I can't stand to listen to them for one more damn second. It's like my mind is like, shut it down, walk away. And I think that's the part. Where it's like we need intermittent fasting for our ears. Yeah. I've, I'm in a routine right now that I enjoy where I uh, – when I drive – so I have about a 10-minute drive till I hit um, the highway. Once I uh, hit the highway, I pray a decade of the rosary. And then once I get onto the main highway, then I'm able to, like, turn on, like, music or something. And that's been good, I think. I've been enjoying kind of, but but you're right. Like, because uh, if not, it was just like I would have a podcast going, especially during certain times of work where I'm doing just like a ton of busy work that I need to have something on in the background, or I'll just go a little bit um nuts. I'm like, I've been listening to stuff nonstop all day, and it's no wonder why I can't sleep at night. Like my brain, like your brain just needs to rest. I th- I think. Yeah, I, you need to be bored. You need to just be bored, and that's powerful for your brain because that's when your brain – that's when your subconscious can figure shit out, but that's also when your active mind can just be good. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we're constantly – it's like caffeine, right? When yeah. you're constantly yeah. stimulated. So for me, uh, I am making – the maybe two weeks ago, I'm doing similar to what you're doing. Whenever I have a drive that's more than like 20 or 30 minutes uh, – no, I shouldn't say that. Just – at least once a day when I'm driving, I, sh- I stay in silence and I'll pray the rosary, right? Just beginning to end because my, my first, my muscle memory is podcast go. And so now I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm not even going to make the excuse of I'm listening to the Thomistic Institute and their terrible audio recorded by a toddler. Um, you know, but it's Jesus music or Jesus podcast. Now I'm like, I need silence. I need to pray. Um, and all that stuff just, like, I, I think our brain, it's almost like a tank. And there's only so much we can fill it with entertainment before it, like, just overflows and starts ruining crap around it. And um, silence, reading, right? I'm, <laughs> I'm getting back into physical books again. No, I'm just making a bigger effort to read patiently. You know, and that's the other thing, too. Like, I used to be really obsessed with... Um, speed reading even had a book that taught you how to do it yeah. and i i've heard some people debunk it i feel like there's a little bit of truth to it oh but, yeah yeah um i also don't really like it you know like i like and so i've gave myself permission to stop trying to speed read it i've just, and i've been doing that with the david amacola book i am 60 pages away from being done with this 1,000-page book that I've been working on since 2017. Is it the Truman book? Yeah. <laughs> 60 <laughs> nice. pages away. It's amazing. <laughs> you, should, you should pull a Kierkegaard and just close the book and never open it again. Like, give it away. And just be like, oh, I live with the thrill of never knowing. <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> I know. He did that on purpose as a way of mocking our culture, blah, blah, blah. Anywho, there's so much I want to talk about with Kierkegaard now. But tell me about what you were going to say with Truman. Because <laughs> no, you had something please. really interesting that you were about I'll to share. I'll stop talking about this very important, like, 
a huge influencing philosopher. Tell me about your precious Truman from Missouri. <laughs> Missouri. Tell me about that farmer with him, farmer virtue. So, no, I just think this is, like, really funny. Uh, he was saying, so, um, when he, like, stopped being, like, president, he didn't have any income besides, like, $120 a month. Like, it was kind of a big deal that they were like, oh, we don't know how we're going to make, because he was one of the few... He was a president who wasn't independent. He was actually in debt when he went into the White House. Like, wasn't already unwealthy. Yeah. Uh, had a relatively poor like business. I mean, he was a you know hardworking farmer. Uh, dude had an insane work ethic. He just uh, you know life hadn't really worked out for him in terms of like making um, tons and tons of money. And uh, and just how he handled that, or the fact that when he uh, when Eisenhower was inaugurated like he left the white house and had to stop for his first red light in seven years <laughs> <laughs> just like what does that do to a person yeah you know and uh just a little and i just i i've really enjoyed that book a lot and i Good. think truman's a fascinating man and uh that's you like david mccullough's writing i do it's good it's really really good it's very well researched uh it's it's a, if you if you're a fan of history um, it is quite literally just like a beautiful warm bath of just you – know, just waves and waves. It's just so – it just makes really good history uh, – really good history um, history writers help you just get lost in it, I think. Oh, the, like those are my favorite to read for fun. Not in terms of uh, I want to know as much as I can about this one thing. I want to get lost in this world. And whatever, and for this, it's the life of um, Truman. So, like, there's this book that I have. It's actually I am I'm looking at it right now called uh, called Storm Kings by Lee Sandlin, and it's he's a brilliant writer. He wrote for the Chicago Tribune, I think, and then he died uh, in his early fifties, and uh, he only wrote like two or three books. He has one of the best essays ever written on war. That's what he's really um known for. But he he um writes in a way where you just get like lost in whatever he's writing about and his book is so like this book uh storm kings is about storms and the history of storms in the midwest (laughs) but you get lost in like like there's this insane thing he, he tells where this storm just came over this town and it set everything on the like on this is I don't like Wisconsin set everything on fire, and so this like priest this is this is in the 1800s, he goes and like grabs the Eucharist, gets grabs like a like a small canoe goes into this lake, puts the canoe over his head while he's holding on to the Blessed Sacrament, and he somehow um, lives while like a lot of the town died, and he did it just to protect the Blessed Sacrament. And it's like, what was this weird, like, freak storm thing that just brought, like, this quite, um, literally, this, there was this windstorm that just brought a fire to this town. And, like, fireballs and stuff. Or, um, and just, so I, I just, like, I don't think we actually really get lost. I, at least for me, I found with a lot of things that I read now, I don't tend to just um, lose myself in them. Uh, they either serve some sort of a, um, a purpose and then I'm done with it, like something like um, – these are all good books, but uh, uh, like You're Finished by John Acuff, anything by Patrick Lencioni, um, all all like really good, really practical stuff. But, you know, they're very much a means to an end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As opposed to this has nothing besides just wanting to understand this like this world a bit and really just – Get, like, when was the last time you got a, a, a lost in a book that served no, um, like had no, had no immediate concrete need in your life, or or like helped you do this thing, something like didn't didn't have like a techne aspect to it. Yeah, no, that the today while I was pooping. Well, that okay. So, sorry, sorry. That's the book. Let I me, mean, like I, I have been reading that book nonstop. It's like that's a, a science fiction book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that, okay, here I'm gonna add okay. a caveat to it. That okay. wasn't um, a novel. Like, when was the last time you just read poetry? You're a little bit weird, so it's pr- probably recent. Yeah, it was a little recent. <laughs> 
<laughs> hey, when was the last time you were before a bunch of murderers, gang, gangbangers, and drug dealers and spent time quoting poetry from memory? Because <laughs> I did that this week. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. The Assyrian came down There's like a wolf right on the fold, and so his cohorts like were gleaming in purple and gold, reading. and the it's sheen of their spears was like the yeah, stars on the sea. When the blue wave rolls that, nightly, and I, and I don't want to include all the novels, even though I think they are important in that, and like that is what they do, just because I think sometimes it gets a little bit like uh, um, Harry Potter, and I, I like, and I, and I love Harry Potter, but I mean. Um, that's We're not, not talking about world building and yeah 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 or it's it's more just like here's this really interesting like, subject that I just am just getting I'm lost in because I love this and it's just fun to be lost in that world. Yeah, I would say uh, I was reading a history, and this actually dovetails back into something I wanted to talk about a little bit later. But I was reading the history of the time period right before Christ. Oh, interesting. Right. So the Jewish world that would that went from the Babylonian captivity to the time of Christ, uh, the Hasmonean dynasty, the Maccabean revolt, and all that stuff. It's so it's so fascinating, Luke, and it's it's a damn shame because we live in a Protestant country that got rid of those books. It's just known as the intertestamental period instead of the Maccabees and all that awesome stuff. I, I yeah, with all of the killing and the fighting and the hussing and the fussing. <laughs> Well, I mean, you have these Jewish, or they're not even Jewish, technically. They're Levite family. This one Levite family kills the Syrian Greek, like, ambassador for their demon gods, right? The Olympians and all this stuff. And they were trying to get rid of Judaism. And they, this guy's like, I can't take this anymore. And he saw a Jew throwing incense on in front of a statue of Zeus. And he kills the Jew, kills the Greeks that were doing it. And then his sons start a guerrilla warfare, like right? So it's like all this stuff. But then they finally, they don't, I mean, this is the fascinating thing. They don't just overthrow and get a little bit of peace in, like, Judea, right? They go, John Hyrcanus, the grandson, goes all the way into modern-day Aleppo, which is in Syria, north of Lebanon. He conquers all of Lebanon, all of Israel, and then Edom down south, almost to the Sinai. Like, it, it is insane what this guy did, and no one even knows the name of John Hyrcanus. And I got I got so lost in this because the story is John Hyrcanus forced, the, the people that were, the Edomites that were living right on the southern border of Judea, were so close to the Jews. He conquered them, circumcised all their men, and said, you're now Jews, you're no longer allowed to call yourself Edomites. He destroyed all of their, like, pagan altars, and force them to do pilgrimage and force them to keep kosher. He died. He was, but he was a Levite. So the high priesthood went to him and he was prince over all of Israel. So, but he's a Levite. He's a priestly tribe member, not the, a Judahite, which King David was. So he can't call himself king because only the line of David can be king. So we're princes and we're high priests. He takes one of his sons and says, you're going to be the high priest. And goes to the other son and says, you're going to be the prince. We're done. We're going to divide these institutions. He dies, and then the son's like, who's the high priest, is like, screw that, and they go to civil war, <laughs> and it's been awful, and oh, uh, one mother gets starved to death, another, and it just like rolls and rolls and rolls and rolls, and it's a nothing but chaos from that moment on. But the craziest part of the story, the plot twist, if you will, is like 40 years or 30 years before the birth of Christ, a man, so the, the, the Hasmoneans are, like, just killing each other off, all this stuff. The Romans are like, you know what? I'm sick of this shit. They come in. They kill all the male leaders that are left in the Hasmonean dynasty. And there is a guy who's been working the scenes, behind the scenes, working it, politically maneuvering, Game of Thrones stuff. Tywin. And he positions himself, and they say, close, they say, Herod, the Edomite, your title is now king of the Jews. Because he was an Edomite and the great-great-grandfather of, of the current Hasmonean king made all the Edomites Jews, he's like, yeah, I got a claim to the throne. So then he married a woman who was the last Hasmonean princess, 
and he solidified his reign. And he called himself the king of the Jews by official Roman pronouncement right when Christ is being born. And you, like, have all of these, like, crazy, like, why did he go nuts when the Eastern, uh, the three kings came? He went nuts because his, like, first year as the reign of Herod, the Jews in the Sanhedrin paid an Eastern army, the Parthenians, to come in and to challenge his rule and to overthrow him. Mm. And they lost. He murdered all but one and made that guy stay a Sanhedrin so that he could never leave. And every new Sanhedrin, it's like their Senate, every new Sanhedrin, this guy was the lone survivor and he would be forced to retell what happens if you try to oppose Herod. So now imagine, like the scripture verse just says, all of Jerusalem was in tumult over the arrival of the Persian, or, you know, the, 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 the Magi. Well, they would have come with their, you know, at least a huge entourage. And the last time that happened from on the outside of the Roman Empire to the east was when the Parthenians tried to overthrow uh, Herod. And so now Herod's like, whoa, wait, 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 where's this king of the Jews? Oh, yeah, let me worship him, right? Uh, Herod ended up killing his sons. And uh, Caesar Augustus, we have this famous line. He said it is better to be his pigs than to be his sons because he kept kosher because he's a quote unquote Jew. Isn't that fascinating? Uh, I th- yeah. Yeah. Oh, come on. That is <laughs> fascinating. <laughs> that no, is so fascinating. Is. I'm just come kidding. on. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Herod. <laughs> Herod. Herod. Look at what you did. He never would have been there if John Hercanus didn't make them all, all the Edomites Jews. No, that's, no it's very fascinating. And that segues into my story. Luke, I went to the prison on Monday. You did. And the Jewish group that meets there said, they had asked me two weeks earlier, hey, will you come tell us the story of all the stuff that I just said about the Hasmonean dynasty and Hanukkah and first and second Maccabees? I said, heck yeah, I will. will I? (laughs) You you hit the jackpot, mofos. (laughs) Ding, ding. So I did that last year. And so they asked me to do it this year. So now it's a tradition. So I'm talking to the guys, and their Catholics are doing the communion service. They're wrapping up, and I'm talking to the Jews in the back of the chapel. And one of the Jewish guys goes, "Hey, um, do you think maybe you could come, uh, maybe like once a month, and teach us?" And I was like, "What?" And he said, "Yeah, we don't have any outside Jewish like rabbis or something that comes here. Like we've never had that. And kind of like if you don't have an outsider as like your advocate, you can kind of get lost in the in the mm-hmm. shuffle." Yeah, sure. And he, and he goes. So do you think you could come and teach us? I was like, you want me to be your chaplain? <laughs> He's like, yeah. I was like, well, what do you want me to teach you? And they're like, just the Torah. Let's just spend time in the Torah. Because they have some books and they have some commentary and they have some, you know, the Midrash and all that stuff. But they don't have, like, there's not new books coming in. Like, we buy books for our people. They say, hey, do you have a book on the church fathers? And we'll go out and buy a book and donate it to the library. But no one's doing it for the Jews. So they have like five books that they're just reading and rereading and rereading. And um, they're like, we want more, but we don't have anyone. Like we haven't done Passover in, you know, X amount of time. So then he pulls out his calendar and he says, he has, you know, the Hebrew calendar, right, with all the different months, you know. And he points to it and he says, will you come and lead our Seder meal? (laughs) So, Luke, I am now the unofficial chaplain volunteer chaplain's assistant to both the jewish and the catholic community at the ferguson (laughs) and the good news is that you can use it is good for both sessions (laughs) it is good to praise praise the lord Lord and music And proclaim his faithfulness there it is. all the day, the day and, and through, through the, the See, this is why people need us to head up one of those like pilgrimages now that everyone's doing. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Jeff Cavins. We got this. Sir, why do you have a whiskey bottle on your hand? Shut up! Excuse me, Israeli border guard. Why do you have your automatic weapon pointed at my head? Oh, I'm being very offensive got it got it <laughs> well have you Fair think enough. i'm offensive you ever heard of a guy named Watto? <laughs> <laughs> merry christmas 
Good night, ladies and gentlemen. That's, <laughs> That's it. it. That's <laughs> it. End of the podcast. We did it. Thank you for a good five years. 323 for life. <laughs> That really is the best joke we've ever made. <laughs> dun dun dun. <laughs> oh man, how awesome would that be if we literally just ended everything? Like I like blocked you from my phone. <laughs> like we just, we just got all we just time. guard the shit out of each other. And never speak again. <laughs> you know, tell you want to just end. <laughs> hey Gomer, I really miss the show. How, how's Luke doing? The show ended. Our friendship ended. It is a mystery. We made the greatest joke that we have ever made. <laughs> and no more needed to be said. Oh, really? What was the joke about? Watto. <laughs> I have spoken. <laughs>